This morning's reading is taken from the first book of Corinthians, chapter 12, beginning at verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given, through the Spirit, the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge, by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith, by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing, by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Now Lewis is going to read that same passage, but in Cantonese. Golam 
，又叫一人能辨别诸灵，又叫一人能说方言，又叫一人能翻方言。这切都是这位圣灵所运行，随己意分给各人的。就如身子是一个，却有许多肢体，而且肢体虽多，仍是一个身子。基督也是这样。我们不拘是犹太人，是希腊人，是为奴的，是自主的，都从一位圣灵受洗，成了一个身体，隐于一位圣灵。身子原不是一个肢体，仍是许多肢体。假若脚说我不是手，所以不属乎身子，他不能因此就不属乎身子。切若已说我不是眼，所以不属乎身子，他也不能因此就不属乎身子。若全身是眼，从哪里听声呢？若全身是耳，哪里闻味呢？但如今神随自己的意思，把肢体躯角安排在身上了。若都是一个肢体，身子在哪里呢？但如今肢体是多的，身子却是一个。眼不能对手说我用不着你，头也不能对脚说我用不着你。不但如此，身上肢体人以为软弱的，更是不可少的。身上肢体我们看为不体面的，越发给他加上体面；不尽美的，越发得着尽美。越发给他加上体面，不最美的越发得着最美。我们最美的身体自然用不着装饰，但神配搭这身子，把加倍的体面给那有缺陷的肢体，免得身上分门别类，总要肢体彼此相顾。若一个肢体受苦，所有的肢体就一同受苦；若一个肢体得荣耀，所有的肢体就一同快乐。你们就是基督的身子，并且各自作肢体。This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you. Greetings from Newcastle. It's nice to see some of the folk here supporting John and Debs and the family. Now, as we've already heard, John and Lewis,、uh, as it were, officially and formally start their new role here, and that part of God's word that we've just heard has some great reminders for them, and we're going to look at that together. But it's also got some great reminders for each one of us. As God's people, we all have a part to play in what God is doing in the church and in the world, and that is true from the very, very youngest to the oldest. And perhaps as we come out of lockdown and the pandemic, one of the things that we need to relearn is how to serve. It hasn't been easy、uh, to serve、uh, over this period, and so we may have just gotten out of the habit, or dare I say, got a bit lazy. Online church has been great in so many ways, hasn't it? It's been a real blessing to be able to have that over this period. But one of the things that it hasn't been good at teaching us. Is that church is just like being part of the family. It's not about what you get out of it, or about meeting your own needs. It involves serving God and caring for one another, even when it costs us to do that. 
Now, it may be that you're someone who's just recently got involved in church and for a variety of reasons are holding back from getting too stuck into church life. Perhaps you look around and you see people who seem to be so good at what they do and you wonder if you have anything to offer. Or perhaps you look back over these last couple of years and you feel that you have not stopped serving. You're simply exhausted and you're wondering if you'll have the strength to keep going. Well, we're going to look at those verses from 1 Corinthians 12 this morning. If you've got a Bible with you or you've got an app, it might be helpful to turn that up so you can look at it. Uh, But I will put some of the verses up on the screen, so don't worry if you haven't. We're going to listen to what God has to say to each one of us this morning. And before we do that, let me pray and ask for his help. Father God, that song that we sang earlier summed it up so well. We pray that you would help us, each one of us, to use the gifts that you have given us to build one another up in unity. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, to begin with, let me read um, a few verses from 1 Corinthians 12. This is verses 4 to 6, and they say this. There are different kinds of gifts, the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now, did you spot that Paul has in mind the Trinity here? In verse 4, the Spirit. Verse 5, the Lord, that is Jesus. And verse 6, God, the Father. Now, the Trinity may not be easy to understand, but this is who our God is. He's one God, but that one God lives and is expressed through the three persons of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Each person is fully God, yet each person is also distinct from the others. And whenever God does anything, he does it through all three persons of the Trinity working together. God is a team. Each person does their own work. Each contributes their own part. Each do what is exactly right and good for them to do. And working together, they accomplish exactly what is best and perfect and wise and beautiful. And God made us to reflect what is true of himself. And so the lessons for us are obvious. In the church, we all too have a part to play, a different role, but a part to play together as a team as we use the gifts that God has given us to serve one another. We're to form a team, a wonderfully diverse bunch of individuals who work together as one. Now from these verses, I've got just three very simple lessons for us this morning. The first is this, God gives each of us a different gift And we see that in verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. And what this teaches us is that God the Holy Spirit gives each one of us gifts. Not the same gift, everyone has something different. We don't get to pick, and we do not all get the same gift. Now if you've got those Bibles, just glance down to verses 8 to 11. We heard those read for us earlier. They begin like this, to one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge, and so on and so on the list goes, to one, to another, to another. Now, don't get too bogged down trying to work out exactly what each gift in this list is. Paul mentions them, he doesn't define them, and we'll end up in a mess if we try and define them for him. And don't try and fit every one of us into every one of the nine gifts that are listed here. It's not meant to list every gift that is possible. We're just given a sample here. And the point is very clear and comes in verse 11. All of these are the work 
of one and the same Spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. So God gives each one of us different gifts. And he deliberately creates diverse teams with different gifts, just like the Trinity. And then later in the passage, of course, Paul uses a very powerful illustration. That's verses 14 to 26. He compares the church to a body. Now, you could think of the body as a diverse team of different body parts all working together, all made up of the same body part. So a body made up of the same body part would no longer be a body. So in verse 18, he says, God had arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And in verse 27, he says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Now I'm going to need a bit of help, so can uh, Nathan and Jacob and Thomas Teasdale come up here and help me? I was really tempted to use the opportunity to make John Teasdale dance on a table in front of us all, but uh, I resisted. Don't worry, you're not going to do anything embarrassing. It's very simple. All I'm going to do is give you a gift. I want you to open it and just tell everyone what you've got, and then I'm going to give you an instruction. So there's the three. Sorry, they're not wrapped very nicely. Um, Thomas, let's start with you. Open it up. Tell everyone what you've got. I want to tip it out on the table if it's easier. So it's very small, but tell everyone what you've got there. Some Lego legs. Some Lego legs. Okay, great. And Jacob, do you want to go next? Thomas, uh, Nathan, sorry, you can start opening yours as well if you like. Jacob, what have you got? I've got some Lego bodies. Some Lego bodies. You can see where I'm going. Nathan, what have you got? Some Lego heads. Some Lego heads, very good. Now, your task, and uh, if you know the Teasdales at all, you'll know they love Lego and they know Star Wars, is to produce the best Star Wars character you can working on your own. Okay? Now, this is my favorite one. Look, can you see that? R2D2. That's what, the kind of thing you're aspiring to. You've got 10 seconds. Give us your best Star Wars Lego character, but you have to work. Alone. Uh, no stealing. <laughs> just with the heads. Nathan's got the point. Well done. <laughs> You've just got the heads, or the bodies, or the legs. Show us your best Star Wars character. Thomas, what have you got? A whole load of legs. That doesn't look anything like my Star Wars character. Jacob? I have no idea what that is. Well done. And uh, Nathan? You stole a body, but you've got a whole load of heads in a very creepy-looking character. Okay, now I'll give you 10 seconds to work together for the best Star Wars character. Perhaps each contributing a different part. Oh, that was good. Very, very well done. Show us that. I know it's very small. Sorry about that. Tell us what it is. Um, it's a stormtrooper. 
<laughs> a stormtrooper with some stolen weapons. Well done. Thank you guys very much. Now, obviously, the point is very simple, isn't it? That to win, everybody needs to play their part and we need to work together. And God has deliberately made sure that there is no gift that everybody in the church has. And that makes sure that every one of us, however gifted, is still dependent on others. It means everyone is needed and no one can do it by themselves. So don't spend any more time wondering if you have anything to offer. There's no place for feeling inferior to others. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit has given you a gift, and it complements perfectly the gifts of others in the church, and he wants you to use the gift that he has given you. But what is that gift for? Well, secondly, God wants us to use our gift to serve others. We see this in verse 7. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. In other words, we all have gifts in order to serve others. The gifts are not about me. They're not given for my good, but for the good of others. So that leaves us with a simple question, doesn't it? Are you using the gifts that you've been given to do what Jesus has asked you to do with it? Or are you serving yourself rather than others? Would you still serve if you weren't thanked for doing it? How willing are you to make way for others to serve? For example, do you rejoice when someone else faithfully teaches the Bible clearly or who runs an event really effectively because that church family is benefiting? Or does it bother you that you're not the one who's in the limelight? Famous uh, author and theologian J.R. Packer in his book Knowing Christianity points out that these verses challenge the way we do church. He says this, in many churches the complaint is heard that the talents of gifted people lie unused and obvious needs in personal and neighborhood ministry go unmet because the pastor insists on being a one-man band and will not treat his flock as a ministering team in which some members do some things better than he. That's not put there as a particular word to Mike, but to all of us, to all those particularly in leadership responsibility within the church, to lead in a way that serves the whole church family. But it's also a helpful reminder, isn't it, to John and to Lewis. Another attitude that we need to watch for is in verse 21. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. The issue here is not just pride, thinking my gift is better than yours. The sin that this verse challenges is self-reliance. I can do this on my own. I don't need help from anyone else. And unchecked, that sin can destroy the ministry of others and prevents us working as a team, with each of us using our gifts to serve others. So secondly, God wants us to use our gifts to serve others. And then thirdly and finally, God gives us the power to serve him. Have a look at me at verse 6. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now, for those of us who know that God gives us gifts and who are already using those gifts to serve others, then this verse is for you. Serving the church will look different different, uh, for, for each one of us. As the verse says, there is variety in this area as well. And one of the lessons we need to learn is to be content with the gifts and the role and the circumstances that God has given us. 
There are changing seasons of life and there are different circumstances. And our service does need to adapt. There may be times when it's not easy to do everything we would like to or we're able to do at a different point in our lives. Well, if you're finding that hard, when you find that hard, trust that God is behind it. That he gives us our gifts and he directs how and when we use them in his service. But wonderfully, and with this I'll end, this verse reminds us that he will give us the power. He will give us the energy. He will help us to serve him and his people. And it may be hard to believe, but there is a promise here to hold on to. We live in incredible times. These periods have been challenging, but there are many opportunities ahead of us. God's spirit lives in all of God's people, and he will provide everything that we need to keep serving him on and on and on. So turn to God for the power that you need to serve him. Confident, as the great missionary to China, Hudson Taylor said, God's work done in God's way will never lack God's provision. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the wonderful truths in this part of your word. We pray that you'd help each one of us to see that truth, that you do give good gifts to your children. And for those who are struggling to believe that, Father, we pray that you'd help them to see how you want them to play their part in your church family here. And Father, for each one of us, we pray that you would uh, change us to make us more like Christ, that we would use those gifts in a way that pleases and honors you, that we would work well as a team, that we would rejoice that the perfect team involves other people who are better at the things that we are not so good at and good at the things, uh, and that we can contribute the things that you've gifted us in. So we pray that you'd help us to remember those truths and to be focused on serving one another. And Father, thank you for that wonderful truth that this is your work, this is your church. We pray for all the opportunities that lie ahead. We pray that you'd help us to make the most of them in your power, in your strength. And Father, for those who feel particularly weary this morning, we pray that you would encourage them through this reminder that you will give them all that they need to continue serving you faithfully till their dying day. So encourage us and strengthen us through this part of your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.